0: Welcome to Discover Joyous Love with Anita Francesco as your host. This is a hybrid of topics under the subjects of mindfulness, sexuality, and relationships. Hello, you're listening to Discover Joyous Love, and this is episode 43. I'm your host, Anita Francesco, and today I have the extraordinary lovers with us. Laurie Handlers and Michael Gibson hailing with us from Arizona here on the show today. They are traveled people, they are traveling around the world. Laurie and Michael are involved with ISTA, the um, you can tell me more about ISTA. Okay, uh, and, and they're doing a lot of workshops uh around the country, around the United around the world actually. And I noticed that you're very busy traveling all over the place. So good, good afternoon, Laurie and Michael how Yay, are you, today? Thank you hello welcome say something hello how are
1: you <laughs> we're
2: good we're well thank you Anita
1: yeah well let's let us introduce ourselves so we'll tell a little about each other do you sure. want to talk you want to tell about me first of course
2: so I love to introduce Lori to the crowd usually it goes something like this uh this is a woman who is an extraordinary lover. She's my partner. I absolutely adore her. She is a goddess from within. She has written a number one international bestseller on Amazon called Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy. She is an award-winning filmmaker, and she is also the general of the sexual revolution, Ms. <laughs> yes,
0: Lord. I know Yay. she is absolutely, and I'm so delighted to have you both here on the show. I, I have a famous Thank woman, you. I have famous people here with me today. <laughs> Thank you,
1: and this is Michael Gibson, my partner, my beloved. He went from being a uh, a nerd, like a computer nerd, a network engineer, to being a sex geek. And it all happened as a result of a divorce. He was married for years, 16 years, to uh, and had a, at some point a pretty sexless marriage. And then the, it broke up. And he, I said to him, how did you learn how to make love? And he said to me, I Googled it. And so there you have the answer. Like, he, he became a geek, and the, a different geek. So I love you. And I'm happy to be on this show with you. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, okay.
0: This- this is wonderful now laurie i know that we met um how long ago did we meet how many years ago we met at a conference in new york
1: yes um oh i don't know it has to be in the early 2000s and we were on a sex and sensuality panel at the new life expo in new york city alan steinfeld was moderating the panel
0: Mm -hmm.
1: okay yeah. And, uh, and, you and we, we discovered, you and I discovered that we were very um, symbiotic. We discovered that our practices of emotional release and, um, and self pleasure and teaching people about the importance of their bodies, but also the importance of their emotions, you and I discovered that we were like so similar. And then you came on my podcast and you gave a show about kissing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know kissing I, I I, was at Burning Man one year and I did some workshops there but I had attended other workshops at Burning Man and the workshop um, facilitator didn't show up that day so they asked me if I wanted to do a workshop like impromptu so I just said I'll do something on kissing because I was in a, a relationship and I was having some some issues or whatever around kissing so I just impromptu I did a whole kissing workshop and that's how I got involved with that it's really important to do something on kissing because it's it's such the way to intimacy yes before, before sex and so I'd like to do another workshop I will at some point on that but but that's all part of my tantra workshops anyway we're we're always doing yeah. something kissing yeah it. So, yeah. So then when you and I met and then we did your podcast, are you still doing your podcast or?
1: Yeah, we've changed the format. It's still called Sex and Happiness. It might have when you came on, it might have been Tantra Cafe, but it's it's called Sex and Happiness. And I don't interview people too much anymore. Michael and I just get on and we jam about um, extraordinary love like or we sometimes we take somebody else's. Uh, video and we comment on it we agree with it or we don't agree with it or whatever we do we we more of that because i burned out i've been i've been 15 years interviewing people yes right you've done a lot you've done (laughs) so
0: so tell me what are you both doing now i know you you're with ista and you're traveling around the world you're teaching a lot of extraordinary lovers workshops you're talking about self-love i'm seeing some of your posts uh about the powerless leads to Chronic blaming you know a lot of different yeah. things so what what's um what's really hot right now in the world of relationships and love and what uh people are really uh in need of since post pandemic and yeah how yeah. lock how the lockdown has affected us and you're really on the move so um
1: yeah, so we're doing we do extraordinary lovers. Luxury retreats, we're doing one uh, coming up in Tulum, Mexico in November. And um, what, what we, here's the bottom line. We believe that couples are an endangered species. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and
0: what is, talk about that, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, we meet people who've been together either a short time or a long time and they get into a, one of three places they either can't stop arguing and being right about something we you know whatever they're being right about we find that they have lost they neutralize each other like they neutralize their polarities and they become best friends but there's there's no juice or spark anymore and or we find that there's resentment one of them or both of them are not speaking their truth they're not having the hard conversations I mean, nobody ever taught us to have the hard conversations. So then we get in a relationship, we think it's going to be great. And then there are things we don't say to each other. So Michael and I are, I mean, it seems simple. It seems. (laughs) (laughs) Just tell them what's going on. Between you two.
0: Between
1: you two, so, it seems simple. Yeah, but these <laughs> things are not simple because, because we didn't learn about them. No one ever taught us anything about them. The medical profession doesn't talk about it. The psychology profession doesn't talk about it. The, you know, like people just, we didn't learn it in school. We learned algebra. We didn't learn this. Right.
2: We, we have a couple of programs. One is the uh, retreat, which we take uh, seven days and we do 13 workshops in seven days. And we go through all of the different thresholds of love. So we believe there's three thresholds, really. There's self-love, and then there's um, love of your other or your partner or partners. And then there's love that manifests. When we say thresholds, we don't mean threshold like you step over into another room. What we mean is there's a threshold of what is ordinary in life. So we identify what's ordinary. And then that threshold, when you get to that point, that you go beyond the ordinary. Now we start talking about what's extraordinary. And so how do you love yourself in an extraordinary way? New ways, creative ways, powerful ways, nourishing ways to love yourself. And then take that and allow that to over, overflow into the love that you have for your partner or your children or your business or whatever. And then from there, you can take that love and then cross the threshold of what's ordinary that manifests and Lori is the queen of manifestations
0: <laughs> so so this and and you're teaching people what is your approach in teaching them to to in the steps the uh, the different steps of how to do this because there's always the you know the lab what is the lab yeah. for them it's besides experiential communi- beside communication what is the lab what is the work because people think it's just an actual talking and then and then they or or reading a book but there's a lab here, isn't there, that we yeah, have yeah. To go we,
2: into. I, when I first developed the program, it was called Extraordinary Lovers Experience. And it was a three-day uh really quick deep dive into what it is to experience yourself in an extraordinary way when it comes to love. And so that's the lab is an experiential process. And the process takes you from, wow, okay, this is what feels ordinary in the body. And then being able to detect when it goes from that to something very different, to something very extraordinary. And so that's the biggest part of what it is that we do in that laboratory experience is giving them new neural pathways. What does it feel like to actually be loved? What does it feel like to be present? What does it feel like to actually have that presence uh, surround and inhabit the space between and meet each other? In a very powerful way, so it's very much experiential. Whether you go to the three-day experience or the the retreat experience, if you're experiencing Lori and myself, you're experiencing something very different.
0: Mm. So you're teaching them, um, yeah, how to to uh, what what is love? You're teaching them exactly bringing the consciousness to love, an emotion that is something that really has gone by the wayside because people take it for granted and they think that right. just sex is love. they don't really know so you're opening up that neural pathway as you said for them to dissect and and move around in and 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 find a direction or a journey or something new about themselves that they haven't discovered or even open up their own patterns and pain right Mm
1: -hmm. absolutely can you move this Mm -hmm. um we are i wanted to say that we're using um communication we're using embodiment practices that have to do we do do some emotional release but we also do practices about being present like being like so present nobody's ever been present like this before because michael did a study a few years ago he interviewed 300 people and women said in the study that the biggest factor for them to know when they've really had like a number 10 out of a 10 experience of being made love to was presence, not skill, you know, <laughs> not techniques, not sexual techniques, but presence of a partner. So we go into huge lanes to teach people how to be present to each other. You know, right. This is so that's important. Like, yeah. That's, that's like a the whole sensual
0: one. of it. That's the whole sensual, the presence. And, yeah. with, you know, just being present is enough really sometimes for, them to say that, hey, I am love. Yes, I'm ringing my bell. Yes, I am <laughs> love, and and that's why my podcast is Discover Joyous Love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because it is a discovery, I believe, and I've been there in that place where the presence is all that matters. Nothing else matters. The physicality of the person doesn't matter. The skill set of the person doesn't matter. Um, it, it doesn't matter um, anything except the presence. And it's 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 this reverence, this this is after you do the work. Yes the work, which I have done and um with other people I, I'm training to do, so I see that in them. But this is amazing how how can we get the world to understand this? You're <laughs> yeah, going well, around t- the world, you're traveling to Iceland and everywhere I see you so guys going. <laughs> how can are you are you tapping in and getting the world to understand how to be there? <laughs>
2: Yeah, we are. And it's and it's a slow movement. It's a movement, but it's a slow movement. And um, one of the struggles that we find is, frankly, there's two of us. And so, you know, how do we, the two of us, begin to move into the world and get people to understand that these are really simple uh, concepts. They're simple um, practices practices because we offer practices. It's not just something that. A lot of people, when you go to their programs, they give you tools, right? Tools are great. Tools are necessary when you need to build something. Practices are how you live your life. And so in the world of shamanism, I believe that a shaman is someone who's practicing ongoingly in their life. They never arrive. They never go guru. They're always practicing their lives. They're practicing their craft. They're always honing it, making it better. So that's something that we give people in our programs that they can then take those practices and make them better. And if they do, tell us, because we want to know. We want to know what you did to make that practice even better. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that we're we're focusing on. But, mm-hmm. And it's yeah. difficult to do that to the whole world all yes, at once.
1: Yes, I want to say, so there are some distinctions here. Um, a lot of times we tell people what we're doing and then then one partner has to drag the other partner <laughs> or partners, because sometimes people have more than one partner. They have to drag the other partners to the thing because we found that there's a difference between women and men. Women seem to be very open to learning new things, new ideas and wanting to grow exponentially. Men are taught to know they're supposed to know stuff, especially about sex. And so, a lot of times, when we tell men this is what we're doing, they go, I got this. Mm. And but then, but we find out through our studies, through the study that Michael did, men are kidding themselves. They don't got this. A lot of the times, women don't tell the truth, Mm. they're afraid to tell. This is where the, the difficulty in the communication comes in. Women often settle for terrible, lousy sex and and because they they don't want to hurt the person's feelings so they say the guy you know you got this but the guy doesn't have this and so there's a there's a difference in skill sets there's a difference women talk about it men don't talk about it you know women women like chooch with each other they go out for a glass of wine and they say you know so he touched me like this and I thought, mm. oh my god orgasms men men don't say that to each other they don't talk about it so <laughs> what did they that- say michael
2: <laughs> oh my gosh you're gonna make me tell on the men right now
1: <laughs> oh, i'm gonna get hate mail tell her
2: all right well i'll tell you what happens um so so imagine <laughs> in the locker room group of men in the locker room right <laughs> and one of the guys one of the guys is he's known to have been spending some time with some Beautiful young girl or girl woman, and and they ask, we ask, all right, what did you do? Hey, what happened? How was it? Hmm. And here, here's what he says. Here's what he says. He's like, yeah, I fucked her.
0: Yeah. And
2: they yeah. go, and we go, oh. really? How was it? And then he goes, it was good, man. It was really good. Yeah,
0: she's great. They don't talk of. That's it. That's it. There's no detail. No. Well, there's detail. Well, I sometimes think that men give detail when. They want to feel like they're the sport, like, well, she did this to me or we did it that way. And, oh, wow, she was hot. You know, they can't the detail in a sexual way that could kind of be like a fantasy, a kink or whatever, but not in the sense of emotion like the woman would or love or sexual uh, or that. Presence. Actually, it,
2: it's 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 actually to go into detail in a group of men actually feels
1: a little weird. Yeah, they tell that to. They might tell that to you, yeah. Anita. Oh, they, right. And, and then <laughs> I forgot. I talked to
0: guys about
1: this, right. Oh no.
2: No, the rest of the guys are like, "Whoa, whoa, that's enough, man."
0: You know. No, okay. they
1: don't tell each other. They tell me. They tell you, but they don't tell each other. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so they don't so, learn.
0: So women are more detailed, but then the woman she. Doesn't have maybe the voice or the you know the 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 know-how to get him to sort of join forces with her in that right. sense and yeah. and it's something that they need the workshop the extraordinary lovers workshop that you're you're presenting because this is and you know they have to drag the man like you said I find that in my tantra workshops where they have to drag the, well, I had a couple leave not long ago and he didn't want to be there she dragged him and in the middle she goes we're leaving because. He wants to leave and and they were fighting and they walked out and i, I just oh, no. I, I just thought to myself i have to send them to you right because i mean i just thought well th- he didn't like what we were doing she says oh he did he i think he got like kind of he didn't want to open his emotion to, to her he liked being in that stayed place you know wow. where you know and, and a lot of men are that way am i right they're they're that You're way right. and,
2: so and, and it's strange it's it it has to do with age of man so when it comes to a man who's, you know, late 40s, 50s, 60s, th- these are men who are probably a little bit more stoic. Um, we were raised in a different time. Um, today, our emotions are not something that we typically focus on. Although we know that we need to be emotionally intelligent, There's n- there was no real training for that growing up.
1: Our- no, you were supposed to be, um, you were ne- never
2: supposed to cry or show. My father um, is now in his uh, mid seventies and he, you know, he never showed emotion um, and I really didn't know him growing up. So there was no role model for that. Mm -hmm. Um, And now today you have, you know, thirties and younger, they're very emotional and they're very interested in connecting and, and having um, experiences where their emotions are, are being dealt with. And, and younger men are now, um, leaning towards the feminine in a lot of ways and they're missing the the power and beauty of their masculine and so oftentimes when they find themselves in the masculine they get a little um, they they hold back or they 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 aren't able to really access that so there's some shifts that are happening based on age and when when and where you were raised and that's something that we have to address with all men so It's it's a difficult um, it's a difficult thing to look at, especially and and now younger men are actually starting to come to these programs much more readily.
0: Right. Well, modernizing with the with the times, for one thing, and also the edge of patriarchy that that my generation come from, that patriarchy was such a thing that even women played that that role, that everything was uh, the edge of patriarchy. And I think that's where a lot of men got kind of stuck. Well, not yeah. stuck, they just didn't grow. And they right. didn't, so, so no growth. And now you have the young men and, you know, and Tantra is all about the feminine and masculine polarities coming together. And it's beautiful when the man can be vulnerable and he can show his heart and still be that man because that is what the woman wants she mm. wants to see the heart she wants to she wants to see the emotion they bottle it up i think sometimes and um it's it's um i think yeah i think i'm in the generation where patriarchy was the thing and my father was yeah. not, not no expression whatsoever my mother was totally expert. so i've kind of got a little bit of both of them you know a little warm <laughs> but, you know dad was cold mom was hysterical oh. but it, what, you know what's funny <laughs>
2: about that Anita is that we've worked with couples where the the man was very stoic, very, you know, he was very in control of his anger and frustrations. And she would just blow up on him just to get him to emote. Ooh. She would have she would like frantically losing her mind on him so that he would at least emote something. She's like, just show me something. Show me you have emotions and it, it takes a while to break a man out of that his emotions are dangerous you know the idea that emotions make you weak
1: right mm. that's
2: something that was taught to me and i was told never to cry men don't cry um i was the john wayne era kind of yeah masculine mm. and you know uh that's something that ha- is now starting to find its way on a downward um crest it's starting to move downward and we're starting to see more of the emotion being braced and also to be intelligent about our emotions um so men are men are struggling right now we're we have some different different pressures i think they're lost a lot of different calculus happening right now with men so we're we're, this is something that's so important to us if we're going to continue as a species
1: yeah
0: right (laughs) and we we need this this shift to happen And and the woman has to be the teacher or put him in a you know lock him down and punish him because the woman needs to teach even if they're the same generation yes and see I find couples they they put each other in prison so to speak you know and and they punish each other but there has to be and this is where the workshops come in where they can learn Uh to open and communicate and understand that it's safe it's safe for them to to want to go to another place, and because emotions, you know, like I said, if, if emotions haven't been tapped in for years, it could be a very unsafe place
1: for a man, you know, to open yeah. you know, those, uh, that come to that place. Well, we just came back from Europe and we did a bunch of workshops in Europe, and we, um, and we, one of the things we do is we give people very simple rituals. And then uh, so we'd say to them, listen, if you want to make sex sacred. That's where Tantra comes in. And we're going to give you some really simple rituals to do together as a couple. When you want to communicate something very important, very intense, very hard. When you want to make love, when you want to finish making love. So we give people a lot of small and easy to do rituals. That increase their communication, that increase their ability to, they know, oh, this is the time. It's like um, I you know, I it's 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 almost like um behavior modification. Like we're saying, okay, here we're gonna give you this ritual for this, we're gonna give you this ritual for this, and then they take to the men take to it. We just after we taught a group of people in Italy we caught up with one of the husbands uh, later on in our European trip. And he said, we had so much to talk about when we were driving home. He said, we thought we were gonna spend the night somewhere and then drive the next day some more. He said, but we ended up driving 12 hours all the way back to where we live in Europe because we had so much to talk about after we Mm -hmm. met you. And he said, we're gonna make some changes we can't wait we're so excited we he said we were driving and crying we were driving and feeling each other we were talking about things we hadn't talked about in years so we know that it works and we know that it's simple we we just have to get in front of the people you know interesting you're tapping that well that exists in people that part of them that is um
0: you know that's dormant and their are uh, awakening so it's more awakening and i think that what you're saying the small little rituals are good beginner like steps for them so that they they can um you know f- find the space to kind of grow and then take the next step exactly and, and so there's no so the fear doesn't you know overpower them or the or even the love because the love could be overpowering to someone and to the couple that say they've been together a while. And um, if the love becomes overpowering, they may become even more fearful because they're not ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's amazing what you're doing. I'm totally in awe of all of this work you're sharing with lots of couples and single people too, right? Single people are are joining the force uh, as far as that if they want to find a beloved, men or women are, are coming alone, say men that haven't been in a relationship for a while, and they really don't know the steps to even make that happen or begin. I mean, this can help them as well.
1: Yes, Um, we work with singles, we who we found like either they haven't been in a relationship for a really long time, or they've been dating and they've been in a relationship over and over again, making the same exact mistakes. For example, we find that people hold back when they first meet each other because they want to be liked. They want the person to like them so they don't want to say anything too risky. And we find that people should start to say some of their values and their boundaries right away. And Mm. so, because if they, if the person doesn't like them out of the, you know, out of the, right out of the box, then then good. They They shouldn't waste too much time with that. Encourage people. We encourage singles to figure out what their values are, and then talk about them with a, with whoever they meet, and talk about what are their definite uh, deal breakers. You know, like the boundaries that they have. We find that the boundaries give people a chance to be to to trust each other. Oh, you have a boundary about that? Okay, I won't try to manipulate you off that. I can respect that. Okay, great. Then intimacy grows in places where you didn't expect it. I can use us as an example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we met, we weren't attracted to each other. And then we met again. And then we were attracted to each other. And we did it like a 10 minute vetting conversation <laughs> about like what do you value? And then what are some of your boundaries? Michael was so good. He took put boundaries up before I did. He said he had boundaries. And I was like, Okay. <laughs> and he I respected that. It was like so was such a it was so refreshing to get honesty like he didn't mm-hmm. care if he wasn't going to get laid. What he cared about was knowing uh, like, you know, maybe he did care about if he was going to get laid. But he said, if you spend if you ever spend the night at my house or if I ever spend the night. If, or No, if we ever have sex at my house or at your house, don't think you're spending the night. Don't think I'm spending the night. I need my sleep. I really value my sleep more than anything. And I was just like, hmm, that's weird. but. I can live with that. So I said, okay. And then, you know, three or four months into it, he said to me, can I spend the night? (laughs) (laughs) That was soon. That was pretty soon. (laughs) But he trusted me. I wasn't trying to change what he said he wanted. So it was like, he risked saying it. Mm -hmm. And um, I, so we teach people to risk saying I value this. This is my boundary around it instead of trying to just be a people pleaser yeah. you know for whatever the goal is i'm i I find that men are people pleasers because they want to have sex, and women are people pleasers because they want to be loved yeah
0: mm. and
1: like that like we 're trying to end people from doing that and from act and actually get them to be authentic when they start to relate and see if the person can respect the boundary without trying to manipulate it or change it or
2: well here's here's a little pro tip as well and that is that when it comes to boundaries you only you need boundaries until you don't so what that means is is that if you have someone who honors your boundaries and they honor your boundaries consistently then at some point you don't need that boundary anymore and with Mm -hmm. Lori, it was more than three months it was probably closer to like nine months oh but
0: <laughs> oh, how long have you been together
2: seven years
0: oh seven years okay, okay. Yeah.
2: so at around that point in time lori and i had a consistently you know lived this way where my boundaries were being honored and at one one night i said you know i was tired i didn't really want to go home and i said i said you know would it be okay that was the moment i was able to drop the boundary because i trusted her Now, imagine for nine months, if she had been prodding me and saying, oh, please just stay over. Can I just please stay? I would have been no. And that boundary would have stayed up until this very day. But like I said, you only need boundaries until you don't. See, you're extraordinary, Michael. (laughs)
0: Yeah. (laughs) Definitely, we need more men like you out there, (laughs) especially that you, you shifted into to laurie's world and not even knowing anything about the whole sexual practice as she's been in this many years how many years have you been you've been doing this a
1: very long time all of this? 25 or more 25 plus starting in new york and then moving yeah. out from there yeah, starting in dc oh, i was DC. in washington dc yeah and then i'm then i moved to new york and back to new york and then i i moved to arizona so yeah it's been a it's been a ride a wild ride Mm. Yeah,
2: it's been so, a wild ride.
1: <laughs> and one of the things he was into, though, he was into studying tantra when I met him. But what he thought tantra was was sort of what they call tantric massage. He had a he had a teacher that was teaching him about touch and about uh, white tigress and white tiger uh, tantra, but he had never come to like a group class before. And he came to my class, and he was he he said, "Whoa." this is a this is a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things here. It's much more, you know, that's where he learned about breath, sound and movement and like the expansion of Tantra, you know, being bigger than a one-on-one experience.
0: I think it's uh, really important that people um, exchange boundaries in the beginning, but a lot of time when two people come together, say they're they're very infatuated with each other or there's this twin flame kind of love or at least this kind Mm. of soulmate love and and they sort of lose that voice they acquiesce to the you know um to the uh the feelings well the 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 fantasy feelings they might not be the true feelings because remember we have to get them there to understand but they have a temporary maybe a temporary presence that happens or a temporary kind of you know bliss that's going on but how do we um you know how do they 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 know i mean to if they don't take a workshop that they should you know at least exchange their boundaries and get into the communication end of things it's so so important because what happens is six seven months you know they've had they're having this infatuation, and then all of a sudden they wake up and realize they they missed a step they missed the communication or they missed. We're like, wow! Are you really for me now? Or where they could have had something better. It doesn't have to be something that lasts forever. A relationship. We're not teaching people that every relationship is going to be the one no, and only. No. We're, we're teaching them how to, you know, um, have the healthiness of a relationship and 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 um, more lo- long going giving and receiving sex and and so that it can just be growthful for them. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I think in terms of relationships when we when we talk about relationships we talk about something that we're building together like a thing right and so inside of a relationship if you think of a relationship as a a building you would set the foundation first and then you would start building on top of that let's say bricks and it's not too hard if you leave a brick out to put a brick in and fill that spot
1: oh my god sorry Ah.
0: I'll say that again. <laughs> not to, that you Lord, she's got a heart attack. Oh her phone God, went so off. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Let me check my phone. Make sure it's off. <laughs> Do not disturb.
0: <laughs> I thought
2: so you were going to like...
1: <laughs> so I was so shocked. <laughs> okay.
2: So, so going still going still in to that analogy, analogy, you can
0: sort of fill in, you were saying, the brick.
2: Yeah, in a relationship, you know, if you've built up so far and and there's a brick missing, you can simply slip that brick in and and no problem. But if the foundation is missing, you've got a real problem because Mm -hmm. it's difficult to take all the brick or whatever you're using to build that that building of a relationship together unless you've got a solid foundation. And the solid foundation, 100 percent is yours. You have to have worked on yourself or. You can't build anything. So it's important for us to start there. Otherwise, you're simply building on sand, and it doesn't take much to take a building out if you're if it's built on sand.
0: So, uh, so, so, many, so many good relationships out there went by the wayside because people didn't have, we won't say the tools, but they didn't have the foundation. Yeah. They didn't have... You know what I want, if you want to say something else, but I wanted to get into about feeling powerless leads to the chronic blaming, your um, your post I saw.
1: Yeah. I like, yeah.
0: To, get, I like to get into that because there's this chronic kind of narcissism that goes on in relationships where there's the belittling and the judging and, and it's, it's, it's supply and food for others in a sense if there's a narcissism or, or a quasi-narcissism going on. But this blaming because one person doesn't have the the self worth or self esteem or doesn't feel good about themselves in in whatever it is maybe maybe he or she is making more money or they're more greater in the world or like I noticed that in one of my relationships anyway Uh,
1: maybe you could talk about that
0: a little bit there. Hmm.
1: Well, for me, what I meant by that really is um, it's it's a question of self love, Hmm. and. When someone feels powerless, they need to do something about that. Like um, no one's coming to rescue them. There is no rescuer. Although there are people who feel like, oh, I see a damsel in distress or I see a man who could be a project. So I'm going to rescue them. I'm going to be That's that old, that's the Cartman drama triangle. You know, I'm going to be their savior and rescue them. But for the most part, no one is coming to rescue anybody. You know, the police aren't coming to rescue us. The government's not rescuing us. No one's rescuing us from our lives. And um, it's really necessary to take on self-love. It's really necessary to to find ways to, to let go of uh, whatever messages were given to us in our youth or whatever, you know, this new thing, the imposter syndrome, like, we have a friend who's an expert in that. She says, it's all made up, just like, stop it. So, <laughs> so I always, go, I go back to that. I, I this is my, I, I always go back to the old Bob Newhart show. <laughs> there's an old, sh- you know, Bob Newhart used to play a psychologist on TV. And there's a very popular episode that people can go on YouTube and find where a woman comes to him and she says, doctor, I, you know, I'm, I'm obsessing about this, and I can't. Like, I, I keep having these thoughts, and I, what should I do? I, I just can't stop it. And Bob Newhart turns around and he goes, "Just stop it." <laughs> and oh, right, that's good. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, well, sometimes people need that command. You know, we're governed by this this voice, like the parents when they go, "Don't do it," or "Do as I say." And sometimes children, you know, are governed by that, and they they yeah. maybe that's what he was getting
2: at and maybe yeah i think a big i think a big part of that is when we're faced with a challenge or a pressure okay we have an almost always automatic way of being around that pressure around that stress or stressor and then it becomes well i'm going to do this or i'm going to do that or or there's an automatic way in which we do that and what stop it does is it says there's another option to this You know, you can just stop it, and it's so brilliant, so simple, so powerful. When people lose their power, and I think this was part of your question, which is, you know, when we get into the blame game and there's a narcissist involved, and you're feeling powerless, what are some of the ways that you deal with that? Well, one of the ways that Lori teaches is to actually become the witness and to discover where you're feeling whatever that is that's hitting. Notice it. That's hitting your body. So you'll, you'll notice it either in your sex or your power, maybe your root, maybe your heart, wherever that's showing up and then begin to address it from there, starting with you. And this has to do with the moving emotions, um, doing emotional release, that kind of thing. But at some point you've got to address the issue. And that's where powerful, like straight, uh, fearless communication comes in. And Lori has a chapter in her book called Full Contact Confrontation. Confrontation. (laughs) It's an absolutely brilliant chapter. And it talks about being able to say and speak your truth without fear. That can only happen if you're willing to return to love.
0: Mm. That's a beautiful statement there. Returning to love. And the love is, is, is the relationship to the self to begin with. Yes. Your own feelings. And and, but we need to teach people how to do that. Don't know how to do that. They feel that just loving themselves by, um, you know, buying themselves a nice gift once in a while. And that's part of it, pampering the self. But I think that deep relationship to the self where they can really speak to that person inside Mm -hmm. and uh, coming back to love. What did you say? Bringing it back to love? What was your return? Return Return to to love. love. And that's the baby, the innocence, right? Going back to that that uh, deep place inside, and and we 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 manifest it as the truth, the higher power. But it's really going back into that place, returning to before you were born, huh? Maybe. Yeah. The well, love.
1: well, we part of it also has to do with like self love, like figuring out what it is we want and need and then giving it to ourselves, not expecting it to come from someone else. Right. So it's not right. just a gift. It could be touch. It could be, uh, it could be spending alone time. It could be taking care of our body. It could be diet. It could be whatever finding, taking the time to find out what makes us feel good and then giving it to ourselves, whether there's someone else or not. And that's part of it also, because the, a lot of the blame that goes on with partners is you didn't do this for me and I did this for you. We we had lunch once with a couple who was keeping score on how often one did w- <laughs> one thing for one and one did something oh, for the other. gosh! <laughs> and we were like we were kicking each other under the table and going, you know, we got away and we said they thought we were interested in that.
2: They thought it was funny.
1: We we didn't like it. It was like, why are you keeping score? It was like they each had a score sheet. So when I'm talking about that powerless thing, it's more like, what do I need and how can I give it to myself rather than expecting someone else to give it to me? It's not an entitlement. And then how can I ask for, how can I love myself enough to ask for what I need in a situation and take the risk that I'm going to get it or not get it, but not be expectant. like like find a way to ask for what I need for my desires. Mm, so asking it's, Yeah, it's a bit it's asking and it's risking everything is risking. <laughs> you know like everything is risking uh this is who I am, and this is what what I want and need and and how about you? This is who you are. And what, how do you, what do you want and need? And it's a conversation, not just found in the chemistry, which is what you were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier, you know, the six months or the eight months of like passionate chemistry, chemistry is good. You need it. You definitely Mm -hmm. need it, but it's something that can be kindled, Mm -hmm. you know, like it can be fit. The flames can be fanned, but if you don't have, the other stuff you know the ability to to communicate the ability to speak about it the ability to even know who you are and witness who you are then the chemistry wears out yeah so it will be safe to say in any relationship there's a period of adaptation
0: and adjustment we don't expect people to change because they don't they are who they are but that okay. couple that that couple um and ricky ricardo the sitcom <laughs> because that, if you watch that sitcom all they do is i did this you did that i mean it's a perfect example of a, a couple in a sitcom that went back and forth tit for tat but the whole thing is is giving the self-attention i think and um not to complete complete you so yes and 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 yes i like that the bell yes I feel like I'm, I feel like
1: I'm in school. Yeah, but this is school. Love school, right? Love school. But it, it is... I bring the bell everywhere. I bring the bell everywhere. It says more than I could say. Yeah. And this whole thing of adapting and adjusting and requesting what the
0: needs are. And I these are my requests. These are my needs. Can we adapt and adjust? I don't expect you to change everything about you, but there is always and we're always ad- adapting and adjusting in everything we do. The moment you walk outside and go to a job or go into the supermarket, you're adapting to the situation, the environment, the the atmosphere, the, the energy around you, the space, because it's all about that space. And um, I find that um, this is a really important point because people think they need to change and that's not where we're going, right? No. Well,
2: I think mm. yes and no. The The reality that, that we face is that um, most of the time a request comes out as a complaint. Mm. So, so it's okay. like rather than... Ring the saying, bell. <laughs> rather than saying the request it's like it's a complaint what why is the why is the trash can so full oh it stinks Th- that trash can stinks why does it stink you know and I'm sitting over there going yeah why does it stink I, <laughs> it, it <is> really full. <laughs> that's true honey yeah you're right it does now I so but the but behind the the complaint is really a request will you take the trash it stinks and it's hot, right? So what happens in relationships is oftentimes there's no request making, there's a lot of complaining going on, and it's masking the request. So if we mm-hmm. could get past the complaints and start making requests of each other, then we start to live empowered. It's a completely mm, different empowered, way ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> right, empowered, empowered in the sense that Lori can make a request of me, and I have the option to say yes or no. Now it's a little less risk because I love her.
1: So, <laughs> so you'll do yes anything. More than <laughs> to her no. Well, but wait a minute. Here's what I learned. I thought, first of all, <laughs> I, what I what I learned about being a woman was that I wasn't taught to make direct requests. I was taught to complain. And what I also hated when I was, when I would get together with a man was that if I complained, he would try to fix me. Like I was broken. Like if I wasn't broken, I wouldn't have these complaints. And then what I learned from Michael, it seemed so simple. Like he taught me this. It took years. I mean, it's yeah, like my, he taught me you can make a request. And I was like, oh.
2: I would actually say, I hear your complaint. Is there a request?
1: And then I thought, <laughs> oh, then I made up, this is the self-responsibility. Then I made up that I only had a quota. Like I had a quota of requests, like I could make five requests a day. I don't know why I made this up, but it was like, I could only make five requests a day. And one day he said to me, and so I one day I made a lot of requests. And then, he, then I was complaining about something. And he said, can you make that a request? And I said, isn't my quota up? <laughs> for today. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. <laughs> and he said, no, he said, you don't. There's no limit on requests. I would prefer. And to hear you complain, he said, don't you know, the men hate complaining? And then they try to fix women because they think they're broken. That's why they're complaining <laughs> oh. so much. So, I mean, this is one of those never ending cycles. That happens between the genders when they did when there's when they haven't like I call it the cosmic joke. You know, like there's a certain meta language that women have and a certain meta language that men have. And I'm talking about pretty much hetero people here. I'm not talking about people who are gender bending so much, although they probably have some iterations of this. Like there are ways that women communicate. They come they don't they don't be direct necessarily unless they they own a company and they're the CEO then they're direct but people call them also a bitch then and then men okay she's complaining how can I make it right how can I fix it and and they're like we
2: take it personally
1: yeah like they're doing something wrong so who who this is one of those mysteries like here's another mystery it takes men one to five minutes to get excited sexually and to want to be directly stimulated on the penis when they're excited sexually. It takes women 20 to 40 minutes to want direct stimulation on the clitoris. So men are like, okay, I'm ready, five to seven minutes. Women are like, what are they doing? <laughs> I, I'm not even, I can't, I'm not, there's no way I'm ready. And no one taught us this. No one, no doctor ever told me this. This is one of those cosmic joke things that can, that's crazy-making. Yeah. That can make people nuts with each other. And all they need is some education. Yeah, right. Some, um, uh,
0: and then you have the control. You know, the people that are controlling yeah. <laughs> and the relate like the directness, maybe the CEO types, but they're people what to do. So that again would mask request or any kind of compassionate stimulation or affection that could be there because you need that little bit of juice to sort of you know jump start the um maybe the conversation or the action or whatever you want to manifest right. there, there should be a little juice there like of compassion of something because you know they're beloveds remember right isn't that, isn't that what they have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we gotta go back to that yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well how do we return to love how do we return to love <laughs> so
1: that's that's the question always that we're asking. And that's the question we're either saying we're saying one of two things in our classes, welcome to your life, meaning this is the way you knee jerk reaction through life or return to love, do something different, create the love, do something different. How do you get creative here and keep creating the return to love when you're when you're beloveds instead of saying, okay, I'll go get another one. I'll go out in the market Ooh. and try and find somebody else because the only person always there is you. Yeah. So this right. is why this <laughs> is why we work with singles <laughs> because we wanna prevent singles from having to go into the market again and again and again and again and again, looking for that love. When in fact, maybe there's something about themselves that could shift. Maybe there's a way they could do something a little differently and they could actually find love in a place they weren't necessarily looking and all of a sudden find ways to return to love over and over and over again and that's what we that's what we've done so that's yeah. that's why we feel expert at it
2: that's the question that we ask each other when we're in a you know kind of a we, we don't fight we we, we, get we think it's a horrible. place where we're like at an impasse and there's <laughs> frustration and there's upset and then we we start to ask the question well how do we return to love how do we return to love? What do you need hmm. to return to love? What do you need to return to love? And the first one who returns to love wins.
0: All right. This is beautifully said. I'm I'm so uh this is such a beautiful interview we're having today. I really like um the uh the essence and R and the energy here that's coming from the both of you. This is um Thank you amazing. Yes, and it is about you know, it sounds like a monopoly game. Right? back to love, instead of, what is nothing? back to the, back to the million dollars or back. Well, you know what? Love is the million dollars, right?
1: That's right. That's <laughs> right.
0: Riches. So um, we're, we're just about coming to the, uh, you know, the hour here. Um, I just have one quick question. This is not, this is just, I don't know. What
1: is good sex to you, Laurie? <laughs> that's my final question. Oh, what is good sex? That's great. Good sex to me is uh, my partner being present. My partner moving slow, slower than he usually thinks he needs to move, like slower than than anyone ever imagined. Um, Even I didn't imagine Um, having communication before, during and after. And um, and and. My partner wanted to produce oxytocin in my body, you know, like the hormone, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine, all the things that that endorphins, all the things my body wants out of a love making session and be quick or it could be really long and drawn out. But it has elements of all that, like like really caring about where I am. So does good sex include looking in the eyes and saying, I love you? (laughs) Yeah. Yes, we say that before, during, and after. Oh, wonderful. This is great. I think I'll (laughs) tap it right there.
0: I love you. Looking in the eyes. In the middle and at the end. So that makes the sex even more
1: wholesome absolutely Mm.
2: well it turns it from being an ordinary experience into a sacred experience Mm
1: -hmm. yeah there's
2: some other things that we do that that also enhance i think the the energy field between us and so the another part that i think is important is connection you know i mentioned earlier that i did a, a survey with over 300 men and women and when i asked the women you know, what What does it take for you to be a 10 out of 10 sexual experience? Um, they gave me five things, five things they said would, would make a level 10 experience for them. The first one was presence, obviously. was safety. Now, without presence, you can't have safety. So it was presence, safety, connection. That's that I love you when looking in the eyes. Communication. And then finally, skill. Now, I thought skill would have been number one, you know, as a man. But when I actually asked women what that was, they said, yeah, skill is important. So Mm. we do need to practice our skill sets, but we need to practice more how to be present, how to create safety. You see, I feel like a woman can open to her beloved when she feels fully safe, when she feels held she feels connected that is like the lotus flower opening to the new day yes. and watching the sun really admire her and devote her i'm melting
1: to her. i don't and... know about you i'm melting <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: oh, oh. and, to, beautifully and said. to shine his rays of love and they have
0: the... to learn all these other things so that the skill can become more present more pom- prompt yeah more yeah it can yes. become the actual skill well i think we're at the end of our interview yeah. here. you have been lovely maybe you want to just tell me um where people can get in touch with you um what's coming up and, and that you might want to talk about one of your upcoming workshops um, we mm-hmm. you are listening yeah. to discover joyous love i'm your host anita Di francesco um, my work is tantra wisdom but here are my guests, Laurie Handlers and Michael Gibson, the Extraordinary Lovers. And they're going to tell us where we can find them and get more information and
1: follow them. Thank you. So you can, you can find us at lauriehandlers.com. And you can find lots of information there and a membership portal, etc. A lot of things going on at lauriehandlers.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok. Laurie pretty much Laurie handlers or extraordinary lovers. We have a uh week long retreat coming up in Tulum, Mexico, November 28th to December 4th that we're excited about and it's in a fabulous place in Tulum and we would lo- if anyone's interested singles or couples we would love to have them get in touch with us. They should write directly to me, mm-hmm. Laurie F for info. At Lauriehandlers.com.
0: Okay. And all of this information will be in the uh, podcast uh, write-up, but info at lauriehandlers.com. Yeah. Okay. So for this. That's the workshop- best way.
1: That's the what- best way. We still have some spaces available in that. And and uh we clearly can make a difference mm-hmm. if for all those reasons we said earlier, if they're arguing or if they lost their spark or whatever it is, yeah. or if they're, the single has been doing it over and over again for years and they want to like figure, they want to crack the code. They mm. want to find out how to like actually make it happen that they return to love with somebody.
0: Right.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Beautifully said. Thank well, you. I
0: want to ask anything else you want to say, Michael, he's with you so they can reach him through you, right?
1: Yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. And and the, the place to go is info at lauriehandlers.com. Um, you can. You also reach me.
1: He gets those emails too. Yeah.
2: And if you mm-hmm. want to learn more about the uh, retreat, you can go to extraordinarylovers. dot com. It'll mm-hmm. take you to our retreat page.
0: Beautiful. Okay. For uh, future ones coming up next year, and I, I know you yes. have things coming up next year as well. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Well, I want to thank you both for uh, being here on my show, Discover Joyce Love. I've been your host, Anita De Francesco. This is episode number forty three.